and co-hosts Jenny Nicasio, Sean Kelly, and Jason Sledgehammer and Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on FM 105.3 in New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny mm-hmm. Nicasio, along with Sean Kelly and Jason I. And Petro. Remember to like us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram. Whew. It's a full moon, guys, coming up the 24th. Yeah. Last day of summer day. today, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for summer to begin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I would wonder. I thought we. I thought we had a pretty good summer. I mean, weather-wise, I mean, it could be worse. I don't even know. It was really went. humid out there for a while. Oh. And then it I want to thank our first sponsor, Ohio Hauntings and Legend Podcasts. They'll take you on a thousand of haunted locations, unexplained paranormal, campfire stories, supernatural happenings, and legends from all over Ohio's 88 counties that have stained by the pages of Ohio Hauntings history. Stories that have haunted our society, tales that have gripped towns and cities across Ohio for centuries as true events. Many of these episodes are genuine. Others are legend or hearsay. Their motto is believe those that can choose or believe in none. It's your choice. Just get comfortable, sit back, dim the lights, and listen. Humidity is so good. I love it. Humidity. (laughs) I thrive in humidity. Seriously, I do. I love it. I'm like a snake, you know. <laughs> so how you been, Jen? Florida. How you been? <laughs> What's going on with you, Jen? Oh, geez. Let's see. I'm starting to actually write again, so I'm excited. I finished my um my first, but I did myself screenplay, mm-hmm. and uh, I sent it out to some um, agents. I'm hoping somebody calls me, and I'm still waiting about from the sky. I'm still waiting to find out if they're going to actually make this into a movie or not. I'm getting kind of edgy, kind of nervous. And um, other than that, I mean, I'm okay. I've been, you know, taking, looking forward to um, <laughs> Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know if it was too early to decorate yet, but um, I see my neighbors are. Well, there you go. I saw you, you de- guys. You decorate them? Um, yeah, I have a special witch that I take out every year and I have a broom that I usually park outside, but I, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to rev it up. I'm going to rev it up. Transportation for October. <laughs> yes. I'm going to rev it up. Um, maybe I have to take it out and do some, um, the, the you know, combustion. A little maintenance. All that. A little yeah. Maintenance. A little maintenance. On it. <laughs> I was going to take it out this Saturday for the full moon. So you never know. You might see me flying over. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just sweep us all away. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll be waiting for you. Well, no. somebody's got to get out there and fly over the moon. Might as well be me. Um, yeah. well, let's see. I seen you guys had a paranormal and um you had a show, uh talk in that mm-hmm. little tiny house. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wow. <laughs> talk-, <laughs> talk about two giants in a little house. Oh, uh, I thought it was hysterical, guys. I'm sorry. That was more oh like my a she God. shed kind of thing. <laughs> it was, but I, I tell you what, uh for how small that was, you actually got three beds in there. 
you got a bunk. Yeah. And then you so had a you walk. You actually slept in there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had air conditioning. Of course, we were going to yeah. sleep there. Better and then the air conditioner like wouldn't shut off, so it's freezing half to death. It's 61 degrees. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> we froze. And, and then, I, then I got my sleeping bag out, and then the air conditioner did shut off, and then I started getting hot and sweating. And I'm like, what the <laughs> yeah, I would have like I would have liked to seen you guys inside it, like stand up. Well, inside uh, wasn't bad. It was that front door. Did you see that? That's yeah. like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was like a like a baby doll door. Well, see, Jason had his he had his cot in the back where the big door was at. And our only way out was through that small little door. <laughs> and I'm surprised. Sean had to back out. I had was, to back out. Honest was, to God. That was funny. I'm sorry to say. I thought it was really it's funny. Okay. Oh, it was hilarious. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'll well, tell but, you what, we had to go. I'm you, sorry. You, no, go. You had fun? Yes. Yeah, oh, good yeah. Time. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. Um, you should have you, you should have Facebooked it like you could uh, see it live. There was absolutely no service out there. Oh, okay. nothing, not at all. Well, uh, let's get to the show tonight because uh, we have a jam packed night uh, with our guest. Um, he has lived a paranormal life for sure since the age of four, having experienced angels, demons, ghosts, cryptics. He has talks about telepathy and psychokinesis mediumship to you know you name it alien contact he's also published a trilogy of paranormal books about his personal paranormal experiences um i probably will screw it up there's timeless timeless deja vu and timeless trinity and most recently published a book about his contact with an alien ancient alien mystic name i'll probably anzar it sounds like ashtar okay um (laughs) so I am not even going to attempt to do his last name. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him in because <laughs> I'll mess it up for sure. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Bruce. I, I Go ahead and pronounce your last name. Uh, Solheim. Solheim. Okay. It wasn't that yeah. hard. It's not that hard, but I really <clears throat> messed it up for sure. Hey, Bruce. I have hey, a problem hello. with that. Um, How y'all doing? Thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I have to say I'm very intrigued with your bio um bruce you know everywhere we look today there's there's something paranormal if it's not ufos Mm -hmm. it's cryptic creatures missing 411 ufo phenomena that we can't explain i want you to tell me because i i I was you know i listened to the um, video that you posted um and what is that i don't have it on here i'm sorry what is the documentary that you posted oh it's well, yeah, I've been on two shows recently. One was um, uh, Alien Encounters uh, Declassified. Yeah, that's uh, the one I watched. That's the one. Yeah, I was interviewed on that one, and I was actually in it, which is kind of interesting. And yes. then the other one that's coming up the end of this month is uh, is called Unidentified with Demi Lovato, you know, the pop star. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> I, I, they interviewed me, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to end up you know, on, on the editing room floor or whatever. You never know until they actually. Yeah. But, so let me, let me talk. Let me ask you. Okay. So what I find interesting is that you said that you're, you claim, you claim that your first paranormal encounter was at the age of four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now 
I am a mother. Um, I raised two sons and I remember when they were four and they had vivid imaginations. So how do you know it just wasn't a childhood fantasy? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And uh, I, I actually, I teach a paranormal class in addition to my history classes at the college. And uh, I always enjoy people asking questions like that because I think that's really important. That's a very natural thing to ask those questions and not just, you know, believe people's stories wholesale or whatever. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was in Northern Norway and uh, at my grandmother's house uh, where my parents are from, they're from this island 200 miles above the Arctic Circle. And uh, I had uh, an angelic healing experience uh, that was witnessed by also by my mother and my grandmother. And uh, they told me it was a, uh, I just told them there was a bright light in the ceiling and that I felt like I was, I was totally cured because I was very, very sick. They thought I was going to die. And uh, it was, it's a very remote place. Even today it's remote, but especially in, in, uh, in the early sixties. And uh, <clears throat> I, w when I woke up, I was perfectly fine. And my parent and my mom and my grandmother said it was a miracle. And I told them about the light and they said that was a uh, guardian angel. And uh, I was very lucky to have survived. And because uh, actually my, my eldest brother died in, in that house, that same old farmhouse uh, during World War II. So, uh, yeah, so it, it was confirmed by my, my, by my mom and my grandmother that that's what it was, although they didn't see the bright light like, like I did. I just explained what it was. But, yes, children do have great imaginations. And I believe they also have great insights into the other world's and oftentimes adults don't believe them. And uh, well, and some of it might be made up, you know, just for fun and mm -hmm. others might be real. So it's hard to determine which is which oftentimes. It can be very difficult to determine that. Sean, what do you think? I, I agree with him. Um, whenever I work with a client and they have children, a lot of times the parents will sit down and talk to me and they tell me about their son or daughter's imaginary friend. Yeah. And um, I tell them, I tell them all the time, I said, you know, let the kids talk. Just let them listen. And um, and they do, you know what I mean? Because a lot of it, you'll be surprised that in all my investigations that I've done, a lot of the parents really, really don't listen to their children a lot. You know, they just let them talk. They just call them crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And, and it hurts when, when I hear that, you know, and believe it or not, I do get angry at the, at the parents we're doing. I said, you have to let them talk. You have to let them explain what they're talking about. Not only does it make them feel better, but also gives you an insight on the, um, on the kid and what he is seeing, you know? So that's my feeling. You know, I don't know if you're on the same boat as I am with that, but that's Jason, you well, you have a new baby, but I know he's kind of young. But what do you think about that? Do you think <clears> it, could, it could be a childhood fantasy? Uh, you know, my wife and I were just actually talking about that. That uh, a lot of times it seems like he's watching like people behind us, like spirits, because you'll see him just like look off, like he's paying attention to something, you know, but we can't see it. And, and you know, I feel like. He, He's just like a little energizer bunny himself, you know, just full of energy and he's cute. And, uh, you know, uh, kids all the time are more susceptible because as adults, you know, a lot of people try to like tune stuff out, 
and uh kids they're just wide open you know vessels or whatever and you know they just happen to see a lot of different stuff that we don't but that's where like sean was saying you know a lot of times people or adults don't believe their kids you know and uh maybe it's something that uh, we should look more into in my my opinion yeah i was i mean i was lucky in that my mom was very psychic so she already had had experiences her whole life and her mother was very psychic as well and a healer so it kind of you know I, I had that support at home but there was also the real the realist aspect which was my father who didn't believe in any of this stuff <laughs> and, then, and then and then when yeah. you go to school yeah you know, he was a no-nonsense fisherman carpenter guy you know and uh but uh, and th- th- I think that was the only thing that scared him was the paranormal. Every you know he wasn't afraid of fishing in Alaska, or you know he was a uh, in a labor camp in World War II in a Nazi labor camp. So he was he was not afraid of much, but he he was afraid of the paranormal stuff. But uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is that in school they start to teach you that your invisible friends aren't real. And I told my mom, I was very upset. I remember telling her, you know, they say that John and Johnny were my two. I wasn't very creative with the names, I guess. But John and Johnny uh, were uh, were not real. And I told my mom and she said, you know, just, you know, do what the teacher says. But, you know, we know what's going on. So if yeah. you see them, they are real to you. And, and I, I think the best word for it is something, uh, the word imaginal, which is, beyond imaginary and closer to real, this idea of imaginal. So I think kids are very psychic naturally, and they see things that a lot of adults have been trained not to see. Not that they can't see it, but a lot of times they just kind of tune it out or have been taught to tune it out. And uh, one of the things I do in my paranormal class is I have we all do an experiment with uh, uh, called the being stared at experiment, which everybody has felt, you know, you feel like somebody's staring at you and you turn around and sure enough, there's somebody staring at you. Well, right. how, how in the heck does that work? You know, we don't have eyes in the back of our head, right? So, um, so we do that experiment in class and uh, you get a, a great, a very impressive hit rate, even with people who are somewhat skeptical about yeah. it. So we, we just kind of open people's minds to the concept that maybe there's a lot more than meets the eye. Jason, oh, yeah. doesn't that sound like Robert the doll sort of kid? You know, the kind of Robert with his, you know, his little imaginary friend. Yeah, yeah, Robert the doll. That's something else, man. Like, you know, you got to be very respectful of that doll. And uh, <laughs> I got to meet him. You know, I was down in Key West, and you know, I, I read a lot of stories about people that you know unwillingly, accidentally took pictures of them and everything, and um, they just end up like cursed and writing letters asking for forgiveness so knowing that when i was there and you know the backstory you know with the the kid that had the doll and then he grew up and all the it's a long story but um you know like i made sure i asked for permission i said thank you gave a donation and like please you know don't don't curse me because <laughs> i'm really far away from home <laughs> don't take any chances yeah oh god no no, no, no. So, so tell us about and when you you I'm going to go back. I'm going to go up the list, and I, I just wanted to touch the last one that touches upon the psych um, psychokinesis. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, I wrote my one book, 
when one character has that. So tell if someone doesn't know about what that is, can you explain it to us? And well, how does it fit into your life? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Psychokinesis is, it, it's also known as telekinesis. So this idea that you can move or, uh, uh, you know, change objects just with your mind, your power of your mind. And, and it's actually uh, understanding that we're all connected. So it's really, it has to do with the idea that the quantum world is the reality and what we are experiencing right now is an interface uh you know what what the physicist david bohm called the 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 explicate reality which is the everyday reality whereas the where all this stuff happens you know the quantum world the spirit world the alien world i would expand it to that is the implicate reality which is really how things are, how subatomic particles work. So um, if, if you can understand, if you can make that connection, then you can, you know, do the things like, you know, the spoon bending or make objects move. And and uh, all of this stuff has been proven in, in a laboratory. And uh, it's been shown over and over again, although it's not generally accepted by most scientists, but because they're afraid of their reputation, that's that's a big problem. But like Dean Radin, who's a friend of mine, uh, is the chief scientist at IONS, the Institute of Noetic Sciences in Petaluma, California. And uh, they have done lots of experiments with telekinesis, psychokinesis. Uh, but a, a lot of it is, is uh, what you call it at a, at, a, at a small level. So you're not, like if you're going to make something move, it's going to move just a little bit. Uh, and what people expect, and here's why it's not so impressive to a lot of folks, is that you're not, it's not Harry Potter magic, you know. It's it's magic, but it, it's not you know along those lines. Although there are you know uh, every once in a while there's somebody who can do uh, you know macro what they call macro PK, which is to make larger things move a lot more. So uh, it, it's it, it's an incredible um, it, it's a power that we all have, but you just have to understand the connection. And it's really pretty simple. Dean Radin explains it in his book, Real Magic. Uh, all you have to have is intention and attention. So attention, you know, focused, calm attention, and then the intention to do the thing, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, you don't need candles and robes and, and uh, you know, incantations and all that stuff. It's all innate, but, you know, within us. So you're well, saying that anybody can do this? Anybody could could do it if they practice enough and and get to the the uh, you know what I said the the relaxed state or that that state of mind where you can uh, connect to the implicate order or to the the quantum world to get glimpses of it you know. Well, now see for me now this works many times like when I'm driving at night and I get some car tailgating me you know deliberately. Break check. If not even that, I, I just like I imagine that his tires are going to blow up. With oh, a lot of, wow! With a wow. lot of nails that are on the I thought you. I was angry. But I tell you what, though, it's like I'm driving and I see this guy behind me so oh. close. It's like in my mind, I'm like, back off, back off, mm-hmm. and it literally backs off. So. I don't know if you can call that telekinesis or what, but it works. 
Well, there, after there seeing be you a... driving this past weekend, I think it's more of your driving than uh, telekinesis. <laughs> my driving. You weren't around when I was driving. So it, it, it could be a combination of sending the message to the guy, but the okay. fact that you're having an impact on him, or maybe you're having an impact on his vehicle, or maybe both. So it could be okay. both telepathy and telekinesis. You know, it could be okay. a combination. Hard to distinguish which which is which unless you're in a laboratory setting you know it'd be hard to figure it out in the in in the world but uh there's many many you know cases of, of things like that but anyway that's what pk is psychokinesis also the, okay. the nickname is pk pk there's, so yeah there's a really interesting book uh by jeffrey mishlov called the pk man came out many many years ago but it was about one one of these people that comes around every couple hundred years that can do the macro pk but you would think it would be awesome to have that power, but it basically destroyed this guy because he 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 couldn't get he was he was he ended up being kind of a nut job, you know, because he had this ability uh, um, to, to do these things, and uh, he wanted the military and the government to pay attention to him, and they thought he was too out of control, so uh, he ultimately ended up uh, you know dying at a pretty young age. I think he just kind of. I don't, you know, I don't know if he imploded or whatever, but you know, the idea that he just destroyed himself, it's, it's kind of a Shakespearean tale in, in, in a way. Um, uh, we have a comment from Steve Grave uh, in the um, chat. He said, there's a lot of evidence that intention can affect the outcome of quantum random number generators. Mm -hmm. I don't understand what that means. What's that mean? Maybe yeah. So like, <laughs> You know, like when when you have a uh, a random number generator, uh, supposedly or it can happen. Uh, they've shown it in uh, laboratory experiments that you can impact the outcome of those random number generators, uh, cool. which shouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't think would be possible, but it, it is possible. It's been shown in in experiments. So that's um, anyway that's that's what that's about. So it, I have a go have ahead, a Jason. For you, Bruce. Um, yeah, so I had a personal experience, and you're very knowledgeable on this, so I figured I'd ask you. Uh, my son, he's 16 months old now, and uh, when he was uh, six, seven, eight months old, everywhere me and him were together, lights would start flickering. Now, I don't mean just like a flash here or there, you know, like, ah, you know, light bulbs burning out or something. I mean, everywhere we went, restaurants, shopping centers, mm -hmm. the house, just, it was like, just a giant you know we were in church and out of all the lights the ones directly above us started flickering and then went mm -hmm. out and then they came back on later on and like nothing ever happened like is that some kind of uh uh telekinetic or psychokinetic mm -hmm. kind of energy like I, I've, I've been trying to find an answer for it but i just couldn't find it so any any input would be amazing I mean, that's kind of well well documented that a lot of people have that ability to impact like street lights and lighting and uh, uh, electrical fields, you know. Uh, okay. in interestingly, a lot of people who have been abducted by aliens uh, have this, have this uh, uh, thing happen to them. My friend Terry Lovelace, who was abducted when he was in the Air Force, um, has a, a, an impact on electrical equipment because I've you try to get a hold of the guy on the phone. Everything always goes wrong on yep. the computer. Everything goes wrong. It's just like he has. It, he doesn't want to have that effect on it, but it does. Right. <clears throat> and I think uh, the younger somebody is, the less they are aware that they're causing it to happen. And the, and and more importantly, 
they don't believe that they can't cause it to happen. You know, they, they just, you know, they're not going to write it off. Like uh, a little kid has that effect. They're not going to say, oh, uh, I shouldn't do that. Or, oh, that's not real. You know, they'll just, oh, it's just the way things are. They just right. accept it. Yeah, because so there was be uh, hereditary. I think so. I think it, it I, well, here, there are two things. I think there's, um, <clears throat> I'll use a baseball analogy because I love baseball. Everybody can throw a ball, right? Most everybody can throw a ball. Some people can throw it 100 miles an hour. Very few, right? Some people can throw it 90 miles an hour. That's pretty impressive. Some people 80 miles an hour. Still impressive, right? So there's varying degrees of what people, the impact that they can have in the paranormal world. But that can also be enhanced with training as well. If people are dedicated to it. Whatever your natural ability is, you can enhance that. Or if you have an elevated ability, you can even get to be more. But the most important thing is that you learn how to use it judiciously. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. The guy was telling you about the PK man. I remembered his name now. It's Ted Owens. You, you know, if your listeners want to uh, look him up, Ted Owens, the PK man. Um, he didn't have good control of his the emotional side of it. He had all these abilities. But can you imagine having all these abilities and being able to hurt people? Spontaneously. Oh, I mean, think about it. You know, we were talking about that earlier, just kind of in a joking way, right? Right. But can you imagine if you if that was something you could do instantaneously? Uh, and you, it, it's it's oh, it's God. very very scary, and and it's probably more power than people can ever get used to, and it ultimately, like I said, ultimately destroyed him. So. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the uh, weird part about uh you know after like my son and i would get together and lights flashing it actually kind of carried over to myself a little bit too because there was times where i'd i was out and about and you know it sounds crazy to a lot of people but you know when you start walking under lights and they just start flat flashing and flickering and then you go out from under them and they come back on like nothing happened mm -hmm. it's a little strange in my opinion you know but that didn't start until you know he got here so it, well, it, it could be that, that it just, it, you know, he's acting like an amplifier. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. 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 When he's oh. running around the house screaming, let me tell you, he's an amplifier. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And, 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 you know, a lot of poltergeist, and not to scare you with poltergeist stuff, but a lot of that is attributed to, uh, to young people in the house, young, young kids in the house. Right. So causing and, uh, a lot, or attracting a lot of this, you know. Right. Yes, a, a lot of our clients that I've gone and and helped out, most of the time. Now I don't want to be rude or, or sound like a like a pervert here, but I know that when a young woman starts going over into womanhood, mm -hmm. okay, when their, their body changes, that's where um, a lot of poltergeists are going at. Mm -hmm. uh, the energy that they released by that, and, and I got a story to tell you on that. We did one up in Johnstown, PA, and uh, so the client called me up and told me all this stuff is happening, things are breaking, things are flying off the wall, all that nonsense. And so as I sat down and I talked to her, I got more information about it. And at the time, they're her niece would come over on the weekends and she was 13, 14 years old. So the days that she spent there on the weekend, that's when all this crap would happen. You know what I mean? And it, whenever she would go back to her mom's place for a week. Okay. Um, 
everything in the house just quit, you know? And um, so I believe, you know, especially in houses, you know, when teenage girls or young girls are going, changing into womanhood, that the energy that they release causes a lot of stuff in the house. Yeah. I think there's a, yeah, there's a connection, like I said, between uh, young people and, and if they're, you know, having difficulty in their, uh, in that transition, uh, you know, to adulthood, that can often uh, attract other energies or attract things that mm-hmm. they're not, you know, able to really, you know, push away or don't know how to push it away. Um, right. I mean, it, I mean, this can happen to anybody, you know, uh, people who are, you know, good people, decent people, it, it can, it can still happen because it it's out there. Those things are out there in the spirit world and, and sometimes you you uh, you know accidentally do something to uh, let them in, or if you're in a location that already has that energy there, then of course it's with you already. Right. So. right. Well, how do you know it's um like like you have this I don't know like telepathy? Like you did you do you experience telepathy uh, or or do you just experience you know moving objects <laughs> no no i've i've experienced uh, telepathy that's um so so basically pk or psychokinesis is mind uh to object you know an impacting an object telepathy is mind to mind you know between two uh entities or living entities no can you do it like to <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, what am I, I thinking? Could you could you tell what I'm thinking? No, it's it's not that simple. It's no. really not what what people are thinking. It's what their Look intentions the are. You you <laughs> can pick up on their intentions. And oh, and well. like, oh is that really cool. is that really considered to be celebic? Yeah, because well, let's say uh, what would happen to me before I really learned how to to deal with this. I, I hated to go to parties because I would go into a party <laughs> and I would just, I would start hearing people's intentions, not what they were saying or not even what they're doing before I even saw them. I could, I could yeah. hear what their intentions were. I could feel their intentions. Well, how do you, how, how does that work? Well, it, it, it can drive you crazy. If you Is can't. It, uh, there it was does. a character on uh, true blood, Sookie Stackhouse. She <laughs> feel everybody's. Is that so, did you watch that Jason? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, you yeah. hear everybody's, you hear everybody, whatever they're, t- you know. Yeah, well, and Bruce, wouldn't you hear... consider that being an empath? No, that's not an empath. I don't think. Well, well if he's can other feel people's other feelings, people's yes. feelings and intentions, yeah, yeah. So that that's that is empathic. Uh, telepathy. Um, that would be like like what my mom and I used to do with cards. So like, uh, if you. Like what we would do is we would get a deck of playing cards and then she would send, you know, she would hold a card and then send me the information. And then I would pick up, oh, that's the king of hearts. And um, and we would okay. get a hit rate that was way greater than 50 percent. I mean, much greater than 50, not perfect, but greater than 50 percent, which is way beyond chance. Right? Isn't that the same thing as as old ESP cards that they, you know, am I seeing a star you know, yes, all the the different symbols. Yeah, being able to see it in your I mind. I used to do that. Yeah, so that's telepathy, and uh, the uh, uh, 
yeah, my mom, my mom and I used to do that. And then my dad would walk in and see us doing it and he'd tell us to put the cards away. Oh, geez. And then uh, my mom would put the cards oh. away because she didn't want to make dad upset. And then she'd wink at me, you know. So I knew that <laughs> I knew it was real. I mean, I knew it was happening right right in front of me. We were doing that. Hmm. So um, if I if I put a card here, can you figure it out what it is? Um, we can do an experiment. <laughs> Think you can do it? Oh man! I'm being totally serious. I'll write down. A, I, I feel like I feel like what's his name? Uh, Yuri Geller on the Johnny Carson show. So let's try it. I mean, hey, I want to see some of this stuff. Well, okay. while you're getting that ready, uh, ready, Jenny. Okay, uh, Bruce. A lot of people were probably like curious about, uh, you know, wanting to make things move with the powers, like and mm -hmm. having all the having to practice. A lot of people probably get discouraged. Do you know, like, rough? They might want to ask how long, how much practice, you know, does it take before you might experience your first uh, object moving, per se? Like, do you have to practice every day for six months, a year, or is it just everybody's super different? I, I think it, everybody's different, you know, everybody's different in what they're able to do. And I'll, I'll share with you what a psychic told me once. Uh, and this, uh, I think, applies to telekinesis, too. Uh, he said that um, a professional psychic had been doing it for years said, uh, you're as psychic as you need to be. Oh, yeah. so in other words, yeah. if, you're, if, if you don't need to be any more than you are already, then you might not get any more. You know, okay. Okay. it depends on what, what what's available to you. But um, the uh, uh, yeah, so the uh, uh, the idea of in increase. Yes, I think you can train yourself. But there's also the idea, and this is also in Dean Radin's book, he talks about, you know, intention and attention, but he's, he also warns a person, you know, if, if you're doing something that impacts another person's free will, mm -hmm. then that will come back on you. That's going to harm yeah. you. You know, right. so if you're, if you're like saying, I want to make this other person do something against their will, you know, to, to benefit uh. me, then it, see, it's a very slippery slope. And, and you know, I guess in in Star Wars terms, that would be using the dark side, you know. Isn't that kind of okay. like part of the uh, Wiccans as well? Like whatever you put out onto like somebody yeah. else, you'll get back kind of thing? Well, there's white magic and there's uh, black magic, of course. Right. And then there's gray magic, which is kind of in between. You could do like a, a binding spell, which is to stop somebody from hurting other people. That would be different. Even though you are technically impacting their free will their free will to do bad things, right? So that's called a binding spell. Uh, mm -hmm. So these things are, are are possible, but they're they're not like, you know, it's not like Harry Potter magic, you know? So it, well, it, why it, you, you keep saying Harry Potter? I'm a very big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> why isn't it like Harry Potter? Because, because that's, that's, you know, made for theatrical release. That's a movie. So they're going to, they're going to make things very sensational, you know, when in reality, it's much the, the reality of magic is much more in a micro level. Much you mean, more. I mean, like I can't pull a rabbit out of my head. <laughs> well, if you were a stage magician, you probably could. Okay. okay well, I, I didn't forget topic. about the ESP's uh, test. So I have one. I wrote down something. I'm going to tell you, you have to choose oh, between a star, a square, a circle, or a, it's like oblong. So what do I have here? A star, a square, a circle, or a rectangle, right? Mm -hmm. a rectangle. Yeah, a rectangle. Or a, okay, a parallelogram or maybe or something. 
I, I don't know. I'm not really prepared. Uh, Just I do say, it. <laughs> what's that? Just take a chance. I, I will, but I need to, okay, hold it up without showing me what it is. And are you concentrating on what it is? No, okay, I'll start concentrating. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything, so. <laughs> I, I, I'm not getting a clear signal, but I'd say a circle. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I called it too. I wouldn't call nice. that a good of a circle, but it's. Totally I called it too. I would almost it like an egg. You yeah, almost said egg. egg. Yeah, you did. I, well, I called I'm not that the best too, artist, okay? But you did it. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay, I trust you. Yeah. Now, can you do psychic readings? I need one now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, um, I'm it's something you really. You're going to get tired in two hours. Uh, no, <laughs> actually. Actually, I'm on a new thyroid medicine. As T, I get I get T3 along with my T4, and I think it actually T8, works. T8 thousand. It's just a little bit of T3, but I think it works. You got the Terminator. So, no. Terminator. <laughs> yeah. No, don't make so, it fun. So, um, Bruce, have you um, worked with a lot of children? What's that? Have you worked with a lot of children? Uh, I've had a lot of children. <laughs> I have four. I have four uh, kids, and I have two grandkids. But I'm a teacher, so I I teach. Uh, but I teach uh, community college, so community. I haven't. You know, as my everyday job. No, I don't work. I work with young adults, but not not children. Okay. And do they just uh, join? Do they just sign up for your class to to like just? to have an elective or are there some in there that really want to know what's happening? Oh, okay. Oh, so I, my, my day job is I teach history, U S history, Vietnam war, okay. world war two. So that's my, my training. That's my bread and butter. And then the college allowed me, which I couldn't believe it. They allowed me to also in, in the evening, I haven't taught it since the pandemic, but uh, a paranormal personal history class, which is a community based class so it's not for credit so the people who okay. take the class pay to take it <clears throat> but they don't get college credit for it which makes it kind of fun there's no exams or quizzes or pressure right. of any kind and also the type of student i get i get very young people you know like maybe 18 17 18 years old and i get i got a lady who was in her 80s in the same class uh, oh, wow. women all races all ethnicities uh, some were skeptics, which is kind of cool. Some were professional psychics that wanted to take the class too. Um, mm -hmm. But they all shared one thing in common: they wanted a, a safe place to talk about their experiences. Right, right. And, and that—that's what drew them all together. And the first time I offered it, I was shocked. Well, I was shocked the college let me teach it for one thing, because not, mm -hmm. it had to go through the president, the board of trustees, and these are not willy-nilly decision makers. These are people who are worried right. about the reputation of the college and all that. But anyway, so they allowed me to teach it. First first class I taught, 35 people signed up of all ages. And wow. it was such an awesome class. And I, I, I offered it for about two years before the pandemic shut us down. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I had people taking the class over and over again that they just oh. love the camaraderie and mm -hmm. the uh, their freedom to express themselves and be themselves and not feel, you know, weird by telling their stories. And, okay. uh, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get a drink of water. 
But um, that's the main reason they take the class. I didn't even know that when I started the class. I, I had this whole curriculum planned out. You know, I had readings. I had, I was, we were going to do experiments like, like, you know, like you were doing there, Jenny. Uh, we were going to do things like that. And then uh, I was had guest speakers lined up like Dean Radin, whom I talked about. And, uh, and then I found out really what they want to do is tell me their stories and tell Ain't each other. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to incorporate, I had to quickly, you know, that's what you do when you teach. You have to quickly adapt to your students, you know, how mm -hmm. they're going to learn. So we had to take a certain amount of time every class period, uh, every time we got together for them to tell their stories. And then like if somebody had a ghost story, then I would talk about apparitions and how this might work and what some of the experimental data is and, you know, things like that. So I worked it into what I was going to do anyway, but uh, allowed them to tell their stories. So, so anyway, that's, um, yeah, that, that's what, uh, what I do with that. So it's separate from my day, my day job. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So before we go any further, okay. Mm -hmm. I see that you um, talk about uh, alien contact. Yeah. Now, did, did you, now, why don't you explain the kind of alien contact now for the audience, um, the, our listeners? Now, was it something that you like? You actually had a close encounter of the third kind? Was it a, uh, a UFO sighting? Did you actually get to see an alien, talk to them, or communicate somehow with the alien? All, all of the above. Oh, yes. good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this, <laughs> I love what's funny is, is that when I, when I first started writing these paranormal books and I didn't, I didn't uh, decide to do that until uh, 2016. So not that long ago, just five years ago. And um, I was always afraid to tell my stories, you know, even my ghost stories, because I thought that I wouldn't be taken seriously as an academic, as a, as a professor. And, uh, so I was afraid my colleagues would, you know, dis disown me and the college would fire me and all that, which is a common thing with uh, with academics. They're afraid to talk about this stuff. But uh, in 2016, a friend of mine uh, passed away in September. And in October, I had a vision. He came to me in a vision. And when I say a vision, I mean, it's like we're talking, although he is, you know, a, a spirit, obviously in spirit. So he doesn't look like we do, you know, wholly formed. He's more of a, you know, like a hologram or holographic image. And that's how I best describe it. But he, he told me that it was time to tell my stories. And I told him, hey, I'm afraid I could lose my job. And he said, don't worry about it. He said, it, it'll be okay. And he even gave me the name of the book. It should, he said, you should call it Timeless because he said, where I am, uh, there is no, there's no past, there's no future. It's all the eternal now. We are timeless. And that's what encouraged me to uh, to start writing my books. And I I had collected all my stories. I just had never published them. And I started publishing them. Before I knew it, I had three books out, uh, 89 different paranormal experiences, including alien stuff. Um, but I I started off slow. My first book, I just talked about ghosts and you know apparitions and telekinesis and telepathy and stuff. I didn't talk about the alien stuff. And then the second book, I think I mentioned a little bit about it. And then the third book, a lot more. And then this fourth book, which is not part of the Timeless Trilogy, but it's standalone book, Anzar the Progenitor. That's all it's about is one particular ancient alien mystic who has been in my life since I was uh, uh, at least six years old. And uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm no longer afraid of talking about it. And uh, I, and I know it, for some people it, it causes a lot of eye rolling and, you know, it's, oh, yeah, that's, you know. 
But then when you think about it, look how things are changing. The government is uh, a lot more, I'm not going to say forthcoming, but they've recognized in their own way, uh, they've recognized this idea of what they call UAPs or, you know, because they don't want to use the term UFO, right? Because it's right. loaded. So they, they, they call it a UAP, unidentified mm -hmm. aerial phenomena. Yeah. Uh, but they came out with that report uh, a couple months ago, and now, uh, just recently, uh, they are now making the uh, UAP task force into a permanent office as part of the Department of Defense. Oh, wow. They just passed it in a budgetary bill that just came out. So they are taking Good. this very seriously, although they're not saying there's little green men or what you know, whatever. They're just saying, we don't know what these things are. We don't think, you know, we're not quite sure. It could be uh, uh, enemy stuff. It could be some other. They always say other. other they never yeah. say alien, right? So that's code word for alien, you know. And uh, But they're taking it very seriously. And, and that's the official stuff. Unofficially, and I've, I've uh, been privy to a couple of conversations, people that are, and I'm not going to mention their names because they didn't want their names released, but uh, they'll go much farther in private talking about this stuff. And these are people that are working, have worked for the government. So uh, it, it's it's becoming much, much more of a serious topic than it was yeah, it even is. five years ago, I would say. I'm liking so, it. so it's kind of, you know, there's all these shows coming out, you know, and and all of a sudden there's interest, you know, people that, you know, some producer called me, would you like to be on this show? And okay. Yeah. And, and they didn't even tell me who was, they said there's going to be a, a they didn't even say celebrity. They said we have talent. Oh, now, it's like it's like, oh. wait, it's like everybody has a talent, you know. Yeah. You they said no, we have they, a talent. They want to keep it secret, huh? Yeah, they have to keep it secret. You know, keep it secret, keep it safe, right? So, so, so tell I, me about Anzar. I mean, because I know we've talked to um, a guest who said she. I want to see if it's the same guy because the names are almost the same. She called mm -hmm. his guy uh, Ashtar. So okay. tell me what this guy, you said you've had this experience since you were six years old? Yes. Yeah. I I didn't know his name or actually what, you know, exactly what he was at six, but he helped, uh, actually speaking about children, he helped save me from a child predator. Oh my goodness. Well, tell, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> well, it was actually our neighbor uh, and he was babysitting, their family was babysitting me on occasion. Oh, and I knew that it was weird, even though I was six years old and didn't know a lot about the world. I knew, knew it was wrong. wrong with this guy. So I didn't go along with his stupid things that he was doing, these dangerous things he was doing with children, like no, locking them up in a closet with him all by themselves. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Was... So you, you, had, you were there and you seen all this stuff. Yes, I saw it. Oh. And I, I, I didn't take part. I was too afraid. I, I just said I, I, you know, I didn't want to go there anymore. And then Anzar shows up. I didn't know him as Anzar. I, I actually thought he was a monster. Yeah, I, I would backyard. say so. He sounds like a monster to me. And then, and then I said, "You look like a monster." And he said, "No, the real monster is in that the house up up above your house. That's the real monster. I might look like one, but he's the real monster." And that guy just looked like a normal person, which most child predators do look like a normal person. That. It's not like no. they look like some kind of. Frankenstein's monster or something, you know. No, it's now, just, it's, no, no, no. Like Ashtar, can I ask you this? Yeah. Was he was he in blue and white hair? He he has different appearances. The first time he looked pretty much like a very tall alien, upside down, teardrop shaped head, large slanted eyes, wearing a okay. robe. 
can't really remember the color of the robe or anything. Okay, but so it's not Ashtar. It's not, so he, 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 that's how he appeared. But he's appeared, uh, oftentimes he appears as kind of like a proto-human looking, very tall. He's always very, he's like seven feet tall. He's well, very, was, very tall. Sean, was Ashtar, was he? Yes, was he okay, very then, tall. He, Jason, he was he was handsome, right? They said he, he had long, blonde, white hair. and he, yeah, he was, like This guy was very handsome, but doesn't sound less. Sounds like the same guy. <laughs> I don't know I, who you're I, thinking about, Jenny. <laughs> I, I I would describe, yeah, I wouldn't describe uh, Antar as handsome, but maybe ruggedly. So you know, I don't know. Well, no, he was. He, no, I think Ashtar was rugged. Okay. He was muscular. Yeah. And I, I have I've a actually had was Ashtar. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I just got I, that feeling. What you yeah, had? It, it, what did it, you it, say, Sean? I, I missed that. I, I had somebody, um, you know, I belong to this organization called CERO, Close Encounter Resource Organization. Um, and anyway, I was at a meeting and I asked Anzar, you know, who I'm in communication with, whenever I do a spirit walk, which is a couple times a week, hmm. I do a spirit walk and, and, you know, get into a meditative state as I walk up towards the mountains in a very special place here where I live in Southern California. And uh, I uh, I asked Anzar, would you be willing to come to the Ciro meeting? You know, because it's all these UFO alien people, right? And and he said, sure. And uh, so at the meeting, after the meeting was over, I asked, did anybody see anybody with me? And everybody there knew I didn't mean like you know some guy that I just brought with me, but you know some kind of entity. And uh, nobody really said anything except for one lady named Lucy. And Lucy said, yeah, who's the big native looking dude behind you? And she said native as a Native American. He has this kind of proto-human look, you know. And uh, I said, that's that's Anzar. And she said, yeah, he's been there the whole time. I've just been trying to not concentrate on him, but there he is. And, and, and when I said his name was Anzar, she says, no way. And I said, yeah, that's his name. And then she, she said, come here. And I came over to her and she took out her wallet and she had a driver's license and the street she lived on was Via de Anzar. Hey, baby. Oh, wow. The way to oh, Anzar, wow. which means in Spanish, the, the way to Anzar. And she is a, uh, uh, she's a, a, a shamanic, sh shamanic practitioner in the Native American tradition. So she's, she oh, has sweet. Native American blood. So um, that's what, that's how she saw him. And that's most of the time when I see him, how he looks. Um, so, uh, you know, so I even had corroboration. I had her write the foreword to my, the book, uh, as somebody who, you know, a credible person who works in, uh, in the aerospace industry. She's an engineer. And, uh, anyway, she wrote the, um, the foreword based on that experience. She wrote it in a very humorous way. She's a very funny lady, but, um, anyway, so that, uh, yeah, so I've, I've been in contact with him and, and I talk to him a couple times um, a week when I do these spirit walks. And when I say a spirit walk, a lot of people do meditation by sitting down or whatever, you know, on a pillow or something. I can't do that. I got to move. So I, I'm I'm walking up towards the mountains, and there's a specific route I take. And I know that it was the same route that Native Americans took because I've seen imagery of of Native Americans taking this route up towards the mountains, the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, and there's like this long three-quarter mile stretch of road with a wash next to it, you know, where there's would be a natural river when it's when it's the rainy season, right? And uh, so, and at the base of this road is a Masonic temple. Oh and wow! 
the Masons don't build their temples just anywhere because they do right. a lot of ritual magic. So they build it, they build them where it's the most advantageous to do so. So it's not surprising. They built it right at the base of this road where I start my spirit walk. Well, it's during that spirit walk that I, you know, I, I go into a meditative state. I have a my phone and I record everything that I hear. It's not that I hear spirits in the phone. I mean, you don't hear their voices in the phone, but uh, I record what I hear and what I ask them. And, uh, and the reason I do that is because I don't remember after I've done this spirit walk. I don't often remember what has just happened. So, right. uh, so I have to record it. And then when I get home, I transcribe it. So right now I have over 300 pages of transcribed notes from the last three years that I've been doing these spirit walks, which includes all my communication with Anzar. Have you ever um, even just take a, like a gander or a look to see maybe pick one dime that you went and put the words together to get something that might sound interesting? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he tells me, you know, a lot of what he says is what he he wants to prepare me for what's to come. So now some okay. people might call that a prediction or a prophecy, but mm -hmm. he is always very careful. And he says that uh, predictions can be wrong, but preparations are never wrong. So okay. because there's, there's, there's free will and there's other variables. He always talks about that. So he says this likely could happen. So uh, when the, the first UF, UAP report came out to Congress, um, he told me that they that the government, our government, and not just our government, but other governments too, are focusing on on this in the wrong way. They're looking at it as a a threat when it's actually an opportunity for humanity. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you his exact words. He said, "Extraterrestrial technology and wisdom are precious gifts for all, not a strategic advantage for the few." So that's the hmm. part that that we don't understand, our government doesn't understand, and not just our government, but every, you know, I'm sure the Russians and the Chinese are trying to get a leg up on UAP technology, right? They want to, right. you know, it, 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 as one a friend of mine who's former FBI, if there is such a thing as former FBI, I think he's just retired FBI, right? Um, he told me that uh, what the government's looking to do is try to figure out how to strap a bomb to this technology so they can gain a strategic advantage. Oh. And uh, th that's not going to happen. That's not going to be allowed to happen from from what I've been told. So so I always hear something very, uh, you know, interesting and helpful and informative. Uh, sometimes it's more personal on a personal level or like, you know, more pedestrian, like things that are just happening in my life or whatever. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes it has, uh, you know, global or, or at least national uh, implications, mm -hmm. what, what he tells me. I have to make a little quick pause here to thank our sponsor for tonight. And our first hour is sponsored Please by the Ohio hauntings and paranormal podcast is not for the faint of heart. This episode may contain adult language. It is sexual content a teaser for our first hour sponsor. As such, Ohio hauntings podcast is for mature and podcast. only. Viewer discretion is advised. Like I said, our first hour is sponsored by the Ohio Haunting Legends. And they are, they will take you where they, thousands of haunted locations, unexplained paranormal campfire stories, supernatural happenings, and legends from all over Ohio's 88 counties. 
that have stained by the pages of Ohio's history. The stories are haunted our society, and many of them are going to scare you. So remember the Ohio Hauntings and Legends podcast. So I'm going to hmm. shout that out, and they will tell you, and I don't know what's going on with the mic. Others are legends or hearsay. Believe those that choose or believe in that. It's up to you to choose. So I think there are great um, podcasts. Again, Ohio Hauntings Legends podcasts, and they are they take you all over the place, and they explain unexplained paranormal campfire stories. I've listened to a few of them. And if you guys have a chance, make sure you go to, to their website, download it. And there's a whole playlist that's going to be on the website. And they have these, they have many episodes that are genuine. Other legends are hearsay. So they have the gen, they have the real thing, the real legends, not something that somebody made out. So if you Sean, Jason, and Bruce, if you get a chance in our audience, Joni out there, um, it's you will love it. I mean, they are really good. And I just want to shout out to them. Okay, guys, go ahead. Continue onward, boys. And thanks again, you <laughs> wonderful podcast. Thank you. <laughs> oh, they'll scare you, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was just going to say my two eldest sons live in Ohio. Oh, so. oh really? Yeah, well, you uh, know what? I want to get them on. I want to get them on the show. I think they're great. Um, like I said, it's it's a it's not a brand new podcast. They've they've you know been around, but um, they're, I like the fact that they have the Ohio hauntings and legends. And I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, to make a whole, you know, weekly um, show on it, it has to be great. And the, the way they do it is really cool. I like the way they act actually act it out sort of, but uh, I would recommend it. So if you get a chance. So we had a good Bruce. question in the uh, comments. Uh, here's one is for Bruce. Um, how does, uh, his historical knowledge interact with paranormal knowledge. Are there times where they cross over for him? Like in considering unknown occurrences in history, do you find yourself considering the paranormal possibilities involved or do you tend to try and compartmentalize the, the two subjects? That's a very good question. I, I would say there's a lot of crossover. So for instance, uh, talking about Anzar again, when um, he's trying to explain something to me, oftentimes it's not easy uh, for me to understand. So sometimes he'll show me almost like a, uh, uh, a documentary, like a film, you know, from what he's trying to explain to me, something from world history, something from American history. Uh, like he was trying to explain to me about I asked the question, what do the alien, you know, these different alien groups, what do they want with us? What, why are they here? What are they doing? And he showed me um, in my mind's eye, uh, like the, uh, the conquistadors, you know, coming to the new world or Columbus, you know, all these early explorers. And what I took from that, and he confirmed it after I kind of got what he was saying or what he was showing me was that, uh, they come here for different reasons. Some are not that friendly. You know, they want to right. do something that's not so good for us. You know, um, some of them are very are want to help us. Some want to enlighten us. You know, kind of like missionaries or something. Some are are uh, more after adventure. Uh, there's all different motivations. 
So just like with the human beings that came, to, you know, like we're coming, you know, the, to the new world, you know, they're coming to uh, to us uh, with this idea that they have, you know, they have superior technology and, you know, knowledge and so forth. Uh, so I, I think that that was one way that he could convey that to me, which is, I think, kind of interesting. So because I understood the history, uh, it made sense. It was a reference point that I could I could use. And in terms of my class, I call it paranormal personal history, because in the class, we we take the time to look at how this all spiritualism came into the United States. You know, I mean, there's ancient shamanism. Right. But then there's the modern spiritualism of the 1800s the Fox sisters in the early 1800s in upstate New York with the wrapping, you know, they had a spirit in their house that yeah. wrapped. And, uh, and then you had, uh, you know, the people that came after them and spiritualist societies and like newspapers in the 1800s were mostly about paranormal stuff. It's really yeah. interesting when you go back and look at it, it's always about hauntings and spiritual, you know, uh, uh, you know, seances and stuff like that. And uh, it was it was really quite interesting, and and then it uh, kind of fell to the wayside a little bit. I think uh, with the turn of the century into 1900, and the 20th century, and uh, but then it, it made a comeback, and it's making a strong comeback right now. Right. I mean, the paranormal, spiritualism, aliens, oh, you, yeah. know, you name it, yeah. the whole yeah. thing. And it's, Bruce, you have a you have a, have a, a show. <laughs> Definitely, Bruce. You have a um, you have Steve. Um, I'm going to bring him. He has a question for you, Steve. Go ahead. Yep. Hello, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello. Let me do headphones here so you don't get an echo. Echo, echo, echo. Uh, hey, I was talking to you guys uh, at the Bigfoot Festival. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah okay. How cool. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks for joining us. Yes, the Bigfoot. Uh, alien ufo barbecue but uh um <laughs> bruce you're talking about um you know alien contact mm -hmm. and you've got a story that's you know pretty similar to what a lot of contactees talk about is this um you sort of benevolent type of contact experience where uh they're they're here to help us and things like that um Obviously, you know, what you've talked about so far, that's your experience. Um, two things. One, do you think these entities are actually like physical, real beings from a different planet? Or are they some other sort of non-human? And are there more than just these benevolent type of entities? Yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll go back to my, that's a good, those are good questions. I'll go back to my theory that I think how all this stuff works. I think that the alien world, the spirit world, and the quantum world are all really the same thing. I think they're all the same thing. They operate in the same realm. So like when ghosts, you know, when you, people talk about ghosts, apparitions, they appear out of nowhere and then they disappear through walls or windows or whatever. The same thing when people report alien experiences. They appear out of nowhere. They vibrate into our reality, as a physicist friend of mine explained it. They vibrate into our reality, and then they can vibrate out, and they can take you with them as well. So, yes, they are physical in the sense that, uh, but they operate in a different realm. They can come into our world, and we can see what we need to see, you know, 
but I think just to say they're purely physical would be um, just like I don't think we're purely physical. You know, I think we're spiritual beings as well. But we see, you know, the in the explicate reality that we have, we see the flesh and bones when there's really much more to us than that, especially when people pass on and their flesh and bones is in a coffin somewhere. And uh, like my friend Gene was a spiritual being that I spoke to in the uh, in the spirit world. So uh, and in terms of benevolence, some of some of these alien entities are not so nice. In fact, uh, a lot of my friends, my friend Terry Lovelace, who the guy talked about before that was abducted when in 1977 when he was in the Air Force, along with another uh, airman um, in the uh, they were camping in Arkansas somewhere at um, Devil's Den, which is a perfect name for a terrible thing to happen, right? Devil's yeah, Den. Never stayed uh, at that place. So they 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 got abducted there, and they were they were severely injured. I mean, severely injured, and uh, so it was a terrible experience. It was obviously against their will, uh, and he didn't know the full extent of what was done to him. Although he knew that he was hurt, and his friend said they were hurt too, so they acknowledged that. Uh, I mean, I've had. Uh, a very scary experience with aliens too. It's not all been benevolent. You know, the, uh, I had a, um, I was having this pleasant, very pleasant dream with my mom. My mom passed away in 1990. So I was having this very nice dream where I was in a house and I was talking to my mom. And I thought, oh, this is so great. I get to talk to my mom again. It was a very lucid dream. And then all of a sudden my mom started acting weird. Like she was acting kind of like Mae West, you know? And I thought, what in the heck's going on? My mom wasn't like that. That's not, the way she was. And then all of a sudden she morphed into this reptilian female. And this reptilian female was extremely strong. And she lifted me and pushed me against the wall like I was nothing. And I'm I'm 6'3, about 275, you know, so I'm a big person. And like I was like a feather. And she told me, she said telepathically, she said, uh uh I can do whatever I want to you and there's nothing you can do about it. And she was incredibly frightening and sensual at the same time. And, and uh, it was, it was a very unnerving and actually the, the copy of my, or the cover of my uh, third timeless book is an artist's rendition of what she looked like. Oh, wow. Oh, she's pretty frightening. I love the artwork. Yeah, it's my friend Gary Dumb that did the artwork. But uh, I, I've had people tell me they wanted to read the book, but they couldn't get past the cover. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the cover just freaked them out. Put like one of those book uh, covers on it. In, oh. fact, in fact, after I had that experience, that lucid dream with her, where she intruded into my dream like that, um, I started to draw a picture of her that I then gave to the artist later. But when I was drawing the picture of her, I got violently ill and oh. I started throwing up. And cool. I. And, and that doesn't happen very often to me that, I, that it happens. So, you know, I was throwing up. Finally, I felt better. And then I was fine. I didn't get sick after that. It was just the process of putting to paper the, the, her image. And then I gave it to my friend who's an artist to, to yeah. you know, come up with. The, I, I, I have a question for you on that one. Um, yep. This guy that. that Excuse me, Sean. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Dave, for coming on. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, thanks buddy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And one more second. If you have any um, questions, I posted a link so you can get on. Can you still hear me, guys? That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, so this reptilian 
came to you, right? Now, the guy that you hang out with when you go and you get a lot of answers from uh, Asma, how come he never came and helped you out with that? Is he not supposed to step in and help? Well, if if I needed him to, in this case, it was a warning from from the reptilians. I, and I couldn't figure out exactly why, because you know, I started before this happened. There were several nights where I would just see a flash of a, of a reptilian face. And I mm -hmm. thought, ah, that's kind of weird. What's going on here? And then I had a another lucid dream before this where there I was... Um, and I saw a friend of mine who I thought it was a friend of mine down. We lived kind of up on a hill a little bit and down on the road, I saw him and I thought it was him. He was wearing a hat and sunglasses and an overcoat. And I thought it was our friend, Bobby, who's kind of a, he's kind of a little guy and he's, he's uh, part Filipino, part Mexican. So a little darker skin. And I thought it was him. And then I waved to him, Hey, Bobby, how you doing? And all of a sudden this thing looked at me, and I saw it was it was a reptilian face. It was a dark, darker skin, and, re and it wasn't Bobby. It was it was a very frightening oh looking person. Why do you think the reptilians are like are after you? Or well, I I don't know if they're them? after me. I think they're just letting me know of their presence. And uh, okay. I the only thing I could think of the connection was that I uh, I was in the process of publishing my first comic book. And the reptilians are the bad guys in that comic book. Mm. Uh, maybe they don't like it. <laughs> maybe uh, yeah, well, they, you, they like might it. not know what a comic book is. You know? Yeah, definitely. You, uh, you have another question from another caller, um, Nina. Hey, Nina. Hi, can you guys hear me? Hello. Yeah. Yes, Nina. Hi. You have a question you for Bruce? I do. It's kind of a twofold question. So the, the first part is, um, I know we kind of were just getting onto that subject matter, but in your opinion, uh, it seems like a lot of times whenever people are having experiences, it's very personal. It's very one-on-one -on -one with them. So in your opinion, why do you think that it is that they choose certain people to have this communication more of a one-on-one with? And it seems like it can be relatively often. And it, it just seems like there's so many different variations of, you know, uh, you know, one story versus a personal relationship almost. Uh, so I guess the first one is, in your opinion, why do you think that they do pick and choose certain people for different degrees of communication? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, Whitley Strieber, who wrote the book Communion, among other books, talks about that the, uh, he calls them the visitors. He doesn't even call them aliens. He says that uh, when they see us in our world, there, there are certain people who have an indicator. He calls it a glow. And that's the people they go for because they know they can reach you more easily. And I think it has to do with, uh, you know, psychic abilities, maybe your experiences. It's easier for them to reach you and impact you than it is other people who just deny the existence of the afterworld or the alien world or the spirit world. So it's much easier to make that contact. So they're going to, you know, follow the path of least resistance in, in that case. And, and they know that they're probably going to be able to communicate with you, both if it's if it's a benevolent reason or, a, a, you know, a less than benevolent or malevolent reason. So I think that's part of it. I, I call it my radar dish. Like when I walk, walk around, I got to make sure that I don't have that up because then I'm going to get all kinds of information that I don't contact, I don't want. Yep. Um, 
<clears throat> and I, I'm not prepared for it. So when I take my spirit walk, I go through a, a lot of prayers. I go through a procedure. I get protection before I, and I'm very specific about, like I have two spirit guides that help me. They're kind of like, the way I look at them is kind of like bouncers in a club. They're not going to let just anybody in, just who I want to let in. And I put the radar dish up and then I got protection. But if you don't have that protection, you put the radar dish up, you're open to whatever's out there. And that could be good and it could be not so good. I think most of what is out there is probably not bad, but could still be harmful in a different way in that there are a lot of spirits out there. I mean, there are spirits all around us right now. I mean, they're like a couple feet away from us all the time. Um, but, you know, the, you don't always sense it unless you put up that radar dish or you want to communicate. And uh, and they're, they're not, you know, they don't necessarily have a bad intention, but they really, when they know that they can contact you, so they're not going to waste their time on some other guy that doesn't believe in it, doesn't listen to them, doesn't care. They're going to go to you, and that's who they're going to talk to. Now, that doesn't make you, make me any more special than anybody else. It just happens to be what everybody has a, a, a you know, a, I guess a talent or a hidden talent or something, you know. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it's easier for them to contact us. So I think that's why they do. And once they do, and once they establish that relationship, and you invite the relationship, as I have with, with Anzar, then the relationship continues. Okay. Um, and I guess it, it kind of feeds into the second part of the question. And mind you, this seems to be the, the question that nobody can answer, because, I mean, why would we know? But, um, you know, in your communication, do you think that there is a specific reason why they aren't more universal? Um, I mean, I do know, I understand what you're saying. You know, you you kind of have that radar out so they know they communicate with you. But it does obviously seem that they are more than capable of communication. They're, you know, and, and more and more we hear a lot about sightings and everything else involved. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there is specific reasoning why we haven't seen something more public? Why... Why is there all the mystery to it? Why, you know, why can't it be more universal where it's just out there and we know they're there and there's really no denying it because the proof is kind of right there in front of you. So. Yeah, I, I think we need, we're going through some preparation, what Anzar calls a leap of consciousness, not a leap of faith, but a leap of consciousness where we're, we're uh, evolving to the next higher level of, of, uh, of an entity. And to do that, you know, so we can make more easy, easy, more easily make contact with them and not just one or two people or a handful of people, but as a as the human race, as humanity to take this leap of consciousness. So there are a few people who are kind of like scouts or, you know, kind of blazing the trail, trying to, you know, kind of like in the once again, using that, uh, you know, explorers in the new world, you know, kind of idea that are going out there and uh, kind of blazing the trail. Then other people will follow. So a lot of experiencers, as people are called, who have alien contact, um, <clears throat> often call themselves, um, you have the sense of responsibility that you are preparing, not just yourself, but you're learning to help others make that leap of consciousness that Anzar calls it. And then ultimately, that'll lead to what he calls an, a, an era of reconversion, which means that we're going to be able to take the wisdom of our ancestors who were very close to the spirit world and the alien world, what they would call the star people, you know, 
And whether they're indigenous Aborigines or whether they're Native Americans, they all had this connection, right? We're going to take that wisdom, bring it into our age of technology and science and combine the two. And that's what he says will ultimately happen. So there's kind of a, a nice vision of the future. Mm -hmm. But the problem is we got to get there. And there's a lot of bumps in the road between here and there, as we see all the time, whether it's you know, armed conflict or people hating each other, killing each other, wars and pandemics and all that stuff. But uh, ultimately, I, I have I, I know that we will get there. And um, that's why every time I contact uh, Anzar, he always reminds me to keep love in my heart and operate from a position of love. That's what I'm always told and reminded of, which is really hard to do. It's easy to say, right? A lot of people say, I'm going to keep love in my heart. OK, that's easy to say. But to actually do it and put it into practice is extremely hard, but it's essential. It's absolutely essential to to to, to do it. And uh, I don't know if that answered your question. I'm not sure if it did. Yeah, I do. I think it does. I mean, okay. obviously, you know, uh, I I don't have a lot of experience with it. So to hear from somebody who does have more experience with it and uh, seems to do, you know, kind of have this personal connection. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of interest, which is probably based on some experience that you may not be consciously aware of. Yeah, I think, um, well, <laughs> when it comes to the paranormal world, yes, um, but usually with UFOs, I draw a bit of a blank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it reaches what the old, uh, the, the, uh, the late Jim Mars, you know, the, uh, uh, in, uh, the guy from Texas, the investigator, did a lot of paranormal stuff, JFK assassination stuff. Mm. He used to call it the boggle point. A lot of people reach, and myself, I do too. If somebody tells me something that happened to them that's incredible that I've never heard of before, my re immediate response is, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. Is that possible? And then I start thinking if I'm, so I, I think that natural bit of uh, apprehension to just believe everything you're told is a good thing. It's probably a very good thing. Uh, and then when you get experience and you find out, you know, you've made the the connections, then it adds to your list of things that you know to be real or true. Right. Well, thanks, Nina, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great questions. Yes, it was very good questions. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Are you you have like her. Yeah. You have like a astute audience. Oh, definitely. I actually, actually had a question for you, Bruce. Uh, I had an experience that it's still kind of boggling my mind. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, so I was just falling asleep, like just, just barely asleep. And I heard this voice that said, uh, wake up. They're here now. And at the same time that I heard this and I jumped up out of bed, I could hear all these footsteps in like the hall right outside, uh, the bedroom. Now, what do you think that might be a paranormal thing or like what I'm just trying to figure out, how or why or what would tell me that and what it's supposed to mean and then at the same time hearing like the footsteps kind of thing like i, I still it's still you know i'm not sure how to decipher that you know yeah it's it's hard to say without more information but it could have been uh you know some kind of spiritual kind of stuff you know uh or it could have been alien or some combination you know because like i said they operate in the same realm Right. Uh, like when I asked my friend Gene, who's in the spirit realm, I said, uh, tell me something about aliens. And, you know, I thought, oh, that's a great question for him. He should know he's in the spirit world. Right. And 
And he said, uh, listen, he said, we are the aliens. <laughs> yeah. And I believe I said, that's, that's pretty cool. I, that's and cool. I asked for an explanation. What do you mean? Like yeah. you, like Gene and all the others who have passed away in spirit, you guys are the aliens? And he said, no, you don't understand. We are all the aliens. So in other words, we're all connected. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the aliens right. are really us. These are, 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 we are connected to them. That's what Anzars told me too, that we are connected. That this is, this is more of, a, it's more of a reunion than anything else. And, and maybe they only want to take us so far. I think it was, you know, the late John Mack, who is the, uh, uh, the psychiatrist uh, uh, at Harvard, right? Mm -hmm. He's passed away, but he wrote several books. And one of his clients, he asked the, the client about, um, uh, no, his client had asked the alien contact that she had had, uh, you know, why, you know, why all the, the, the secrecy, why all this, you know, what's, and they, and the alien told her this John Max, Dr. Max client, we want you to believe in us, but not too much. Hmm. Hmm. So there, there's kind of that element, because when you think about it, I'm I'm very lucky in that my wife Ginger, she's very practical. She's very smart, very intuitive, but very practical. So I I'll tell her all these remarkable things. Oh, I was just on this spirit walk and I talked to these ghosts, you know, these spirits, and I talked to Anzar, and she goes, "That's really great." She's very supportive, you know. Oh, that's great. Uh, and then she said, uh, "But can you help me, you know, go out in the back? We need to dig some holes and plant some, you know, plants." And uh, so. I physically have to remove myself from that ethereal world and come back to earth. You know, I have to, I got to keep both feet on the ground. I can't yeah. be just living it. If, I mean, if she was a professional psychic or something, who knows? I mean, you know, you just always be up there in the, in the, in that ethereal world. So I think it's important to be grounded. So I, I really understand that what the alien told that the client of John Max that we want, they want you to believe in us, but not too much you know, you have to live the life during, you know, our whole life is not, uh, you know, I'm not on a, a paranormal show all the time. You know? yeah, <laughs> I mean, really. This is what I, you know, in, in the evening and then other, you know, I'm grading papers about World War One and, you know, that kind of stuff. That during sounds the daytime. Like an interesting job. You also had some experience with angels. Would you like to share with that? Yeah, well, the uh, the first, well, that healing experience in northern Norway, that was an angelic ex angelic healing experience. And also one of my uh, one of my spirit guides, I have two spirit guides. Um, one is named Theodora and she's female and she's she's an angelic being. And the other one it looks like a Native American chief. You know, he's very rugged looking Native American. He doesn't talk. And his name is oddly enough, Ozzy. <laughs> kind of like I think of Ozzy Osbourne, you know, but he doesn't look like Ozzy Osbourne. He looks like a Native American chief uh, or an elder. And uh, he's really the physical kind of the bodyguard, kind of the uh, uh, the protector. When I do my mm -hmm. spirit walks, he's the he's the bouncer at the door. Mm. And uh, and Theodora is this angelic entity, and she is the one that helps facilitate the. Uh, when I, some people, psychics call it raising the vibration. I call it raising my consciousness. Mm -hmm. oh. She helps facilitate that to lift me up so that I can meet the spirits or the alien entities halfway. Because, you know, they they have to come down to our level. We have to meet them halfway. Otherwise, that connection is, is it, it, it's not very good. You know, it can sometimes work. 
but it's kind of like those old radios where you tune them in and you kind of get, sometimes you get a really good connection. You can hear the music or hear the voice, but other times it's kind of like between channels and a lot of static yeah. and it's not always really clear. So um, she helps with those connections and Ozzy protects me from, you know, malevolent entities that want to uh, cool. encroach upon me. <laughs> Exactly. Well, before we go on, I just want to thank our sponsor for this hour, Carnation. Breakfast uh, essentials are great. Light start. They have 150 calories and they have a lot of protein. So make sure you start your morning or afternoon or a midnight snack because John's going to need one later. Yep, so yep. Carnation, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sponsoring us. Okay, guys. I have a question. How can I learn how to talk to Anzar if I wanted to? Well, that's so, okay. This is a very interesting question because uh, he, at first he was just talking to me. Right. And then I asked him, I said, you know, do you talk to other people? And he said, not at this time, you know, no, not right now. So I said, well, that's interesting. He said, I'm specifically for you. And this is the way we're, you know, we're going to have this communication. And then, but I was always open to other people talking. It's not that I didn't want him to talk to other people. It's just that was the way our communication has been. But since that time, uh, you know, I told you about my friend Lucy who saw him and she heard him. uh, And so she was able to contact. Now, she doesn't contact him anymore. She doesn't go out of her way to do it. Um, And then my friend Terry Lovelace, who I mentioned earlier, he is very interested in my contact with Anzar. So anytime I come up with anything... Uh, he wants me to email him and, you know, send him what Ansar's told me. Well, he went and found uh, a friend of his who's a psychic, and uh, they made contact with Ansar. So now he has had contact with him uh, as well. So I don't see why why you couldn't, Jenny, if you wanted to. That you well, how could- would you do it? Like go into, like, just do some meditation? Do I do some kind of like a mantra or something to it, it depends on what you want to do i i i start by asking i i say a prayer okay you know and whatever your belief system is use that you know if you're you know i have i grew up in the norwegian lutheran church so you know i have this set of prayers that i do and then i ask uh theodora and ozzy to help me make this connection to raise my consciousness or vibration whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and to have protection while i'm doing that Mm-hmm. And then I will welcome everybody that I want to talk to. Usually I, I welcome all my relatives, my grandmothers and grandfathers, my aunts and uncles, my brother and sister who passed away, uh, and and uh, uh, a couple of fr- spirit friends that I have, including Jean. And then also I'll invite Anzar and a couple others. And, uh, and then after I do all that, then I, I press record right on my phone, and then I start asking questions, or sometimes I will just listen. I'll say, okay, I'm just going to do freestyle. I'm going to listen to what you guys are telling me. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to hear what you're saying. And I'm going to speak it into my recording, my phone, you know, uh, my voice recorder. And so sometimes I do that. So as long as you have protection and use whatever kind of uh, protection, you know, or prayers or whatever you want to do, and then just ask, you know, ask the universe, ask, ask him directly say why do you put a recorder on does he can you pick up something on the recorder just my no i don't pick up their voices at all just just what i hear them say or sometimes what they show me it's not always spoken okay so you're not you don't actually see it it's all in your mind like you, you i see you, images you actually sometimes, see him 
Sometimes I can see him. Not every time. No, you have your eyes open or are they shut? No, I, they have to be open because I'm walking on the side of a road. So I got to I gotta have them open. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you see him with yeah. your visual eyes. It's not like something like a, like a, like in your mind, like mind's eye. You actually see him. Well, I, I see what looks like, uh, the best way I can describe it, like when I have a vision, I, I see like a holographic image. It's not a solid image like, okay. like you would normally see in the, in the explicate reality that we have. So that's what I see. And sometimes it's clearer than other times. Sometimes I just hear their voices or I hear their thoughts, whatever they're communicating to me. Sometimes they show me, like I said, like a like a film, like a clip from a film, wow. the visual, you know. Sometimes they'll uh, show me symbols, you know, symbolic kind of stuff that I have no, to interpret. Did you, did you ever leave this plane and go like, like to a different, like... Um dimension or craft i've okay that's a couple of different ways to answer that uh when i go into that meditative state and i make that connection i'm connecting with them on that that quantum uh you know the quantum realm so that is a different mm -hmm. realm than what we're in right now so uh that's why i have to record what i'm saying and what i'm hearing because the first few times i did it i thought man this is great and then i i was done and i Okay. And then what did they just tell me? I forgot what they just said because I was in a different, uh, uh, you know, I was in that meditative state, so I couldn't remember. That's why I started recording. So I didn't miss out on this information. Uh, in terms of uh, craft, uh, I, I don't normally, uh, well, I, I don't want to go on a craft. I'll just put it that way right now. I've, I have been on one in a previous experience that I didn't talk to you guys about, but it, in, uh, in 1973, it was a very classic experience where I was taken up into a craft. And um, so I, I don't request that. Oh, you don't? Wasn't it a pleasant experience? Uh, it was pretty frightening, although ultimately it ended up being a good experience. Uh, that's where I met a, uh, and I've seen this guy too a couple times, an insectoid who looks like a cross between a Jerusalem cricket and a uh, praying mantis, which is pretty frightening. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was a doctor. I call him Dr. Bug. And, he was uh, a doctor. He was like a, like a regular doctor. He was like, well, yeah, not, not one you'd choose as part of your HMO, I don't think. He wouldn't be the guy you would choose if you wanted to have a doctor of your choice. But he was there, and he wasn't torturing me, but he didn't have very good bedside manner. Although he did admonish a couple of the little gray guys who had put this, like a harness device on my head, like a that clamp. was a nightmare, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and he told them to take it off because it was hurting me. It was all done telepathically. And then I asked, "What is all this about? What are you doing?" And he told me, "You're here for special processing." So what I have determined is that there was a special reason they wanted me. You know, maybe it was to prepare me for. The life I'm leading now, I, I don't exactly know all of it, but I think how long ago it. was that? You said that, that was in 1973. 1973. Yeah, so I was I was 15. You were, you were quite young. Yeah, 15. Yeah. And did he abduct you from your bedroom, or yeah. was it somewhere else? Yeah, like in a wilderness? I was in my bedroom. Yeah, he took me right out of my my bed. Yeah, they that's took... around the same time as um Travis Walton was abducted. In 73. It was around okay. the same time. I'm not sure. The 70s were pretty active time because I had another experience in 
77 and then uh, yet another one in 78. You weren't doing any kind of like drugs or any like LSD or anything. This no. Total. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I wasn't doing any, any drugs or anything. There's a lot of alien abductions at that time. A lot of yeah, them were in, in, in fact, the my friend Terry, Terry Lovelace, his experience was in 77, the same yeah. year I had. Uh, and it, it, I had a dual experience with, uh, I was on a road trip going, driving to Salt Lake City. My friend and I, I call him Ernie in my book because mm -hmm. uh, he wanted me to change his name. Uh, we, we went from Seattle. We made it to uh, Black Pine Peak in the wilderness in Idaho. And uh, it was uh, pitch dark, and we, we were trying to find a campground, couldn't find, so we just parked in the side of a road, a dirt road, and uh, that's when all the stuff started to happen. We started to see lights. We saw heard weird noises. The lights weren't coming like cars, but like from up above. And I started, uh, I felt like there was people or entities or something outside of the car. And uh, so all of this stuff I remember consciously. Uh, and then I just kind of, I blanked out. I didn't know what else had happened. And uh, I, I did a hypnotic regression okay. with uh, this lady named Yvonne Smith. And I was able to fill out the rest of the story. And uh, so what I found out was that uh, my friend and I, these were alien entities. I was able to describe them more clearly, what they look like, that this was a craft. I wasn't taken in that experience, but my friend Ernie was. He was. He was taken. So what's interesting, I, I, I so I pieced it all together, and then I, I called my friend Ernie, and I said, Ernie, uh, I want to talk to you about our experience. And I didn't start off with the alien stuff. I just started, what do you remember about our trip? And he explained everything. Oh, yeah, we pulled off side of the road. There was these weird lights. It seemed like there were people outside. I felt like I was drugged. Uh, mm. I don't really remember much beyond that. And I said, Ernie, you're not going to believe this, but I did this regression and I found out that those were alien entities and you were actually taken. And then he got really, really mad at me. I mean, he got really mad and he didn't want to talk to me anymore. And he said, if you would have told me that from the beginning, I would have hung up the phone and, you know, and he said, you're not going to publish this story and use my name. And I said, I, Ernie, why are you so upset? I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this. And he was really hostile and and so he hung up the phone. I tried to email him several times. Finally, he emailed me back and he said, you know, I do remember what happened. And I remembered the uh, one of the aliens said, uh, you know, what's with this guy? He's really a squealer. You think he'd never seen. Pincers <laughs> you think he'd oh, never man. seen pincers before, you know, like pincers. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> so he told me that in the email and then he hasn't spoken to me since. Oh, really? He won't he was, talk to me. He was really upset about it. And I talked to other people about it who've like Terry Lovelace and others who've had dual experiences with other people. That's very common that one person will deal with it and want to get to the bottom of it. And the other person will just shut down and the friendships or the relationship, even marriages have broken up over it. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's something you don't really talk about. It's very, it's very common that this would happen. Yeah, like fight so, club. So, but to, to, to end that little story, I, I, I knew I had written some poetry after that trip in 1977 when I got home. So I dug through my, all my papers. I collected all my stories and because I've been writing since I was a little kid. And I found the poem that I wrote and the name of the poem from that 77 trip, that experience was I sold out to the aliens. 
And in that poem, at the bottom of the poem, I mentioned pincers. Pincers. Pincers, like, oh, like wow. he said, you know, like the comment that he said. And when I read that, I hadn't remembered that until I read. I knew I had the poem. And it had something to do with that trip, but that my blood ran cold when I when I read that, and I thought, oh my gosh, there's some kind of corroboration, you know, not only corroboration from my my friend Ernie, but also this physical document, you know, this source document from that from that year. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy year, yeah. It, it was, yeah, it's pretty bizarre stuff and pretty mind blowing. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, that's so cool. I wish I've had alien experience. And I'm, I'm not, yeah, I mean, it, it's both a blessing and a curse. I bet. Think, in a way. Yeah. That would be because people think you're crazy. You no, know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Is, is your friend Lovelace related to Linda? <laughs> No, no, oh. no, not related to Linda. How did I know that was coming up? I must be psychic. <laughs> hey, that's the first thing I thought when I first became friends with him. That's, I didn't ask that's him. A very unusual first. name. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Is that her real name? I'm not even well, sure. I don't know. I read her book and I saw the movie, so I don't know. Um, I have one more question. First, first of all, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight. I mean, well, I everything was interesting, but... My question is now I deal with uh, bad spirits, good spirits, demons, stuff like that. And my question to you is when you first started to talk to Anzar, were you a little suspicious on who you were talking to? Um, any of the other people that are talking to him now, like did, could, could it be something like another spirit that is like imitating that's, no, that's oh, a good. That's a good like question. A demonic presence. It's it's very good question. I I've had demonic experiences too that I haven't really talked. Some of the scariest stuff that's happened to me. So I, mm -hmm. I I know what that feels like, and this does not feel like that. And also, okay. like I said, he reminds me every single time to keep love in my heart and operate from a position of love. Hmm. Now, if no, he was no, using no. that, if he was a demonic entity and was using that as a clever yeah, way, yeah, he would be saying heart, that. He wouldn't be saying that and he wouldn't be saying it over, you know, several years, you know. So right, right. Um, and so I, I'm pretty I, I'm convinced that he is uh, you know, you know, not malevolent, but not but benevolent, mm -hmm. and that he is who he says he is. And it's interesting, my friends, including Terry Lovelace, uh, who's had contact with him now, uh, also and they told me that they said I'm not, I wasn't really sure about your story when you first told it, but now I'm sure, you know, because I've told them all the, you know, quote unquote prophecies yeah. and some of them have, have come true. And, uh, and because of the continuing very positive information that he, that he gives and presents that they, they believe it to be true, that, that he is who he says he is. Yeah. And so I, I'm okay. convinced of it uh, myself okay. and, and I, I have had demonic experiences and it is a very different experience and it's very yeah. difficult for demonic entities to remain. They can trick you, but that trick usually is pretty quick. No, definitely. Right. They can't keep it up. It, it kills them. I think it literally kills them. You know, I mean, it, it diminishes their power, you know, when they, uh, you are an amazing guest. I'm so glad we had you on the show. Well, thank you very much. We talk more, but thank you. Um, I want to know, like, where can we get a hold? Like, if someone wants to buy your books, learn yeah. about you. Yeah, they. Well, my website has everything on it, Bruce Olaf Solheim, uh, dot com. 
So my full name, uh, no spaces in there. Uh, or you can get my books. Uh, look up Solheim, Bruce Olaf Solheim on uh, Amazon. All my books are there. One of my comic books is there too, which is also about aliens. So now, did you draw illustrate the yourself? I, you? No, the the illustrator who did, I I showed you that picture of the the uh, she did the, the the reptilian, yeah, Gary Dumb, who's been illustrating since the '70s comic books. I got him to uh, illustrate my comic books for me, so I write them, I design them, and then he does the artwork for it. So that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. so that's oh, where yeah. you can find me and and people. I you know, I love people contacting me. My contact email is on there on my website, and I love to answer questions, help people out. Uh, hopefully, they you know are interested in the books. Uh, and uh, yeah, so just. Um, I just always end things by saying, you know, that what Anzar always tells me, to, you know, to keep love in your heart and operate from a position of love. Namaste. Thank you. Thank well, thank you, you so thank much you. for being on the yes, show. You thank you. Good. Thank you, guys. Thank I enjoyed you. it very much. We did too. I enjoyed your poem. All right. That was great. Yeah, it was. Hey. Good, good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. Yeah, very informative. Very, very interesting stuff. I mean, everything I like, so... Mm -hmm. No, I thought it was great. I mean, I'd love to talk to him, the Anzar. <laughs> oh, <gonna> be, <laughs> well, not, start practicing. Know. No, seriously, yeah. I would love. I it would be so Why cool to be. Uh, it would be so cool. Well, I don't think I can get ever into a meditated that deep. I used to be able to meditate that deep, but right. I don't. I think there's just so much out here right now that I can't concentrate on one thing. Okay, it, like you said that when he was talking about telepathy and how you can hear everybody's thoughts. It's, that's how I am right now with everybody's emotions. I'm like, ah, yeah, I know what you mean. What am, oh, what am I thinking, it's... Jenny? What am oh. I thinking? <laughs> you better stop it. I will say this. When you did that, that thing with the zero, I'm sitting here and I'm concentrating. I'm like, that's a circle. Yeah, I, I did. That's I used to I do went. that. Yeah, I used to, I used to have cards because my mom was rolling to ESP, and we was uh -huh. we would do that. I mean, I took all kind of back in the day. You know, mm -hmm. I was all into that. Um, I can like if if I think of somebody, they'll call me. Or did you ever do this where you're thinking or something's going on in your life, and you see a commercial or a TV ad? I mean, everywhere you go, like the uh, the um, yeah. I don't know the plot of a story. Like if you're watching this, the whole stories about something that's going on in your life, it's like, what the hell is going on? You know, it's not crazy. so much, not so much TV, but for me, it's usually comes on the radio in a song. Yeah, that too. That's or you're driving down the street and the truck comes by with this big, you know, like whatever you're thinking, maybe is right. thinking of buying a, or you're having a connection with God and all of a sudden I'm not kidding you. I was really, I was praying and all of a sudden there's big tractor trailer and it said God on it. I said, Oh my God. And it's so crazy. <laughs> I always like That's driving cool. down the highway and then you see uh, all those signs like God is watching yeah. ready for Jesus. And then uh -huh. right after you'll see, whatever gentleman's club ahead of two miles yeah <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> no you're right out west Outside, out west yeah, yeah. but uh that always cracks so what are your plans for the weekend there jenny me yeah i'm going to spend the evening with my son uh, okay because his, his wife is going um she's going to somewhere to meet um her mother's birthday so we're going to um, 
we're gonna have mommy sunday we're gonna watch a movie he has this gigantic tv that's bigger than his house and finally i asked him i said when are you gonna invite me over to watch a movie because his tv is so spectacular so yeah so i can't wait to do that it'll be fun you better not hey, jason. Off. yeah <laughs> jason uh tell jenny about our investigation yeah let me product. hear let me hear oh, about it oh my so this is a good one Yep. Yes. Yes, I believe. Do so. you have any evidence? Yes. I want you to share that. I have to review it, but uh, we're heading to Gettysburg this weekend. So it's oh, that'll be fun. I want no definitely before you tell me about your before you get into detail. I want you to make sure you go and snap your picture in Jenny Wade's house a couple times and see if you catch anything. All right. Oh, yeah, Don't forget. Okay. Well, now that you said that, we'll forget. No. <laughs> Not a problem. We will. We'll okay, definitely. Go ahead will. and tell me uh, about this week. All right. So we were in Catanning, and uh, it, and it wasn't that far from where we were going to be giving the presentation. So we just stayed up there. So we got to help these people. They live in an old homestead house in the woods. I mean, yes. and it's pitch black, dirt road. Uh, no street lights, no cell phone service. And it's you like, should have went in October. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's like, where are we going? You know, and um, you know, they're they're talking about experiences with their daughter growing up and everything. So we get there and we we're talking to the family, and the daughter she always had these uh two little girls ever since she was a little girl that were always following her around everywhere. Like they'd even she would say they would eat dinner, you know, be at the dinner table with them and everything. Uh, they showed us a picture of an apparition that was in their kitchen window that wasn't there. They were taking like a selfie and they didn't okay. catch it. So that was pretty fascinating. And um, also in this girl's room, she used to live there. She lives with her fiance now and they moved out and everything. But they were talking about how something would always like grab ankles and stuff while you're trying to sleep. Mm. So, so we got all this information going on. And so we're sitting, we're down in the living room. All the lights are out. Everything is out. It's pitch black in this house. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. So I got a camera rolling. We have K2 meters going and you know, we start doing, uh, you know, trying to do the K2 session and not really, you know, it's just more of a feeling kind of thing at the moment because none of our equipment was hitting. Mm-hmm. So I have the camera running start asking more questions i catch this flash on my screen real fast now it's in night vision mode and i have ir lights that are really high powered catch this flash from the kitchen i wasn't sure what it was i look up i didn't see anything i'm like so i said something i said i saw his flash i don't know what it was might have been a fluke i'm not sure so we continue asking questions and um all of a sudden what it was there's a they had those uh fake candles that mm-hmm. had on off run off batteries or solar power and have on off switches. Well, the one in the kitchen window turned on, like something actually flicked the switch on and it stayed on. And we're sitting there, oh, like, wow. oh my goodness, what you know, what's going on? You know, something turned that on. And the, the homeowner's like, we turned those all off, they were in the off position. I was like, yeah, we saw that because obviously the lights were out and we we're asking it, you know, can you? turn it back off and you can see it tried but it was unsuccessful i guess it needed more energy yeah. so so they got up they go over they turn this candle off 
And as soon as they turned that one off, there was one that was in the room next to them in the dining room. And this all right happened. On. You saw this, Sean. Yeah, it's yeah, on video. Did. It's, on, it's video. on video. It's yeah. on video. This is a residential house. Yes, an yeah. old homestead house. So now yep. the crazy part about this investigation. So let's go to the room upstairs that used to be the daughter's room. Mm-hmm. I took her fiance up first because he's had some experiences. He was a little skeptical, you know, in uh he wanted to tell the side of the story so i said okay let's go up and he was explaining to me how the room used to be set up and you know this thing would grab your ankles and i was like all right this is interesting i'm i'm you know let's see what we can find out so i had him sit on the far end of the of the bed and i was like all right let's let's do some communication i'll film you know if anything happens you know let me know how you're feeling like i want you to be fully interactive in this so we start asking questions and uh telling the spirit you know if some someone's here you know you, you can pull ankles or you know whatever whatever it wants to do so i'm standing there filming this this is all on video i have it all and uh he's like my left foot is starting to move unwillingly so i'm like okay so i'm watching it and you know my first thoughts are okay anybody can move their foot mm-hmm. you know but the way it was curling it was almost like if somebody something grabbed it and started rolling his foot so i was like this is this is a little different and then he he froze up he literally froze like his hands were clenched he was frozen and then his right foot started moving pointing towards where i was standing so i'm like so i'm still i'm on the fence yeah and then all of a sudden he says something's starting to push me down and he like i said he was frozen up he starts getting pushed backwards. And I said, well, if you're okay with it, just ride it out. Let's see what happens. So he's like, you could hear in his voice, he was getting scared. Like it, this was, so once I heard that, I was like, okay, something's definitely going on. And whatever it was, he's like, I'm fighting it. He's like, I can't, it's pushing me down. He was frozen and it pushed him all the way down until his head bumped the wall. And he's like, I can't move. Oh my goodness. He's like, it's pushing on me. I can't move. So I said, stop it. Let him go. I had to say that three times. And on the third time, his whole body just went limp for a second. Like like something just completely let go of him. Well, if ghosts, aren't, if ghosts aren't supposed to hurt you, so do you think it was a ghost? Uh, I, I feel like it was definitely something. It, it wasn't hurting him. It was just like, to me, it was more like, I'm here. You know, I'm going to mess with you kind of thing. But yeah. here, So there's a couple more parts to this. So after that, I said, okay, I'm going to sit down next to you. I'm going to film. We're going to, I'm going to see if anything happens to me, you know, cause I told him, I said, you know, you're more afraid of it. I'm not. So chance, you know, it's going to be more, you're going to be more susceptible. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, if anybody's here now, I'm sitting on the bed and my feet are dangling probably this far from the floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got boots on and everything. And I said, if anyone's here, you know, can you, grab my foot or my ankle or whatever i want to see what happens i'm curious as soon as i said that i started feeling like this tension on my left foot area and it caused a pain in my left knee so i was like all right now this is getting interesting so i'm like well can you do any more and then nothing happened now this whole time i have an emf pump running you know to really amplify and get you know more juice out there for the spirits Mm -hmm. This thing started ramping up. I've never heard it do this. I've had it for a while. Like it was just started 
I, was, I thought it was going to explode. <laughs> yeah, it just started ramping up. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to go downstairs, you know, take a break. And right as I said that, the best way I could describe this is if, so, if like somebody was under the bed, reached out and slapped the side of my boot oh. and there was nothing there. I jumped up. I was like, what the was that? I was like, oh my God, that was awesome. I don't know what it was. <laughs> you know, something yeah. slapped my boot. So we get on stairs and, uh, you know, we're kind of talking a little bit about it. Not too much. Didn't really go over sequence of events or anything. So I took the, the daughter up and, uh, cause it used to be her room and that I was, I wanted to try an experiment. So I had her sit in the same spot. Now they didn't communicate like, Hey, I did this and I did that or anything of that nature. So I sat her there, start the same process again. The same exact sequence of events happened with her. Her foot started rolling like if something grabbed it. Nice. Then her other foot started turning out. And then some she froze up and something started pushing her down. And at that moment, I was I was I was pretty convinced that we were dealing with something not bad. Like I said, it wasn't out to hurt anybody. But so you're gonna go like back? Uh they we might if they call us back. Yeah, um, but what's the coolest thing is that we got it on video. We yeah. got all the sequence. You yeah. will. You it's will. all all documented on video. It's all documented and if on I could video. figure out how to do this sound and everything, I would play it on here for whenever you get it. I'm gonna have to ask Joe how to do that because I can't do it unless he can do it. Because I, I can't get the sound. I'm not okay. so I would definitely say it was a very active night, you know, between the uh candles turning on and then the uh both of you know these individuals experiencing the same exact thing and in, in like almost the identical sequence without communicating to each other you know what happened that was really fascinating you know Johnny wants to know did you get rid of it no no no, no Johnny no. no not yet maybe if, maybe if it starts you know being mean or Nasty. Yeah, then we'll go out. But no, we didn't get rid of it. We didn't get rid of nothing. Yeah, they just kind of wanted to see like what's going on, like possibly try to figure out who it is, and you know. So we're we're we got a lot of a lot of reviewing to do. Okie dokie. It's coming to that time to go. Yeah, getting ready for mine. Okay. Well, (laughs) thank you all for joining us tonight. I'm so glad to have you with us. And if you have any ideas for shows, definitely put a comment in either Pittsburgh Paranormal or Pittsburgh Paranormal Chasing Pro- Prophecy Radio or send us an email at chasingprophecyradio at gmail.com. Okie dokie. Thank you good for night, joining guys. Torture Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A little you. torturous, but it was good. Okay. <laughs>